You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's help right here in Ramam Pichemesh Israel 5768-2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Devarim. We're also going to be reading Parsha's Devarim on Erev Tisha B'Av. And like last year, if you go back to my podcast last year, you can hear an important concept connecting the two. This year, I'm also going to try, with Hashem's help, to connect the two concepts. The concept of Devarim and the concept of Tisha B'Av to give you a little bit of an insight, something to think about, something that you can take with you, hopefully, and even think about on Tisha B'Av itself. So, Devarim is a very interesting book. Most of it was said by Moshe Rabbeinu, our, our teacher Moses, you know, when he was right about to pass away, and it was his final speech, his final, you know, his final pep talk to the Jewish people, they're about to enter the land of Israel. Now listen to these points, because some of these points are very important. They're about to let, enter the land of Israel. They're about to face their destiny. You know, 40 years they spent in the desert, and they came out of Egypt, and all of this was preparation for their entrance into Israel. And Moshe Rabbeinu, he tells them, he's going to tell them all the things that they need to know in order to get in, and in order to start a nation of Israel, working more with the, with the natural, because until now, of course, during the, the entire time, the 40 years, so they were spending that time with Hashem. Hashem was constantly, directly, in a supernatural way, protecting them, taking care of them. Every day for 40 years, they had the mun, they ate this miraculous bread that came down from the heavens, and they had this water that was miraculously appearing for them wherever they went, the well of Miriam, it followed them in the wilderness. All of these miracles that accompanied them for 40 years, their clothes never wore out, and there was constantly, you know, these, there was the clouds of glory that were protecting them, shining for them, and giving them light even at night. Unbelievable miracles that they were experiencing constantly. Now they're coming into Eretz Yisrael, they're about to come into the land of Israel, and when they get there, everything is going to be natural. They're going to have to, in a certain sense, natural, of course. You know, the people of Israel, we're above, we're above the mazolis, we're above the constellations, we're not bound, we're more directly guided by Hashem, guided by God. But nevertheless, it's going to be a more natural existence. We're going to have to till the land. We're going to have to be involved in agriculture. We're going to have to be involved in supporting our families. It's not going to be, it's not going to be you know, everything perfect. It will be everything perfect, but it will be in a natural way. So Moshe Rabbeinu is preparing us for that entrance into Israel. And the way he starts his speech, how does he start it? With a little bit of a history lesson. He says, let's go back 40 years. 40 years ago, I don't know if you guys remember this. Maybe you guys were little kids. Maybe you weren't even born yet. But 40 years ago, when all of us, we all left the land of Egypt with incredible miracles, Hashem took us out. And then what happened after we got the Torah? So the first thing that happened was that you Jewish people, you asked that no longer should I be the one to directly deal with you, but rather you asked to have some kind of system of different people. And Rashi explains that when they asked for this thing, it wasn't a good thing. It wasn't really good. They should have wanted to access Moshe Rabbeinu, to have direct access to Moses, to be able to, to come in contact with him, to be able to learn from him. But no, they accepted upon themselves to have this whole system of judges, lower courts, upper courts, bring it. Only The only ones who would get to Moshe Rabbeinu, to, who would get back to Moses, would be the people who had the very difficult questions. But that was a mistake. Moses points out. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu says it was wrong. It wasn't the correct thing to do. You should have wanted to learn directly from me. How? Who knows how? It will be unnatural. True, it will be unnatural. Somehow we'll do it. That's the first thing Moshe Rabbeinu says to them. The next thing he says, and then what happened? And then you wanted to have, we're ready to go into Israel. And what do you do? You complain. You say, we want to have spies. We want spies to go into Israel and check out the land. 
And Moshe Rabbeinu says, I, I thought it was a good idea. It didn't turn out to be such a good idea. And what happened, says Moshe Rabbeinu, we had this Bechil Adiris, it was on Tisha B'Av, it happens to be, it doesn't happen to me, nothing happens to be, but it happens to be that it was on the ninth day of Av, this day that we're going to celebrate on Sunday. You know, this day, that was the day that it happened, that the, the, the spy, he doesn't even mention the spies, he doesn't even mention what they said, he only mentions what, what Kalev and Yahushua said. It was a good land, and you Jews, you all, you rejected it, you were crying, and you were, you were carrying on, and you were crying and crying and Hashem got very angry at us and He said that all of the generation that was alive then everyone who was above 20 years old is not going to be able to make it not going to get into the land they're all going to die so that's what happened then and then He says after that the Jews so they said no we're sorry we didn't mean it we made a big mistake now let's try to go anyway and a bunch of a group of Jews went up and they tried to capture the land but of course Hashem wasn't with them anymore because Hashem was upset and he already had decreed that 40 years, we're gonna, it's going to be 40 years until the Jews are going to be able to enter the land of Israel. And again, those people all died. And all of the, that whole group of people who tried to go anyway, they didn't have Hashem on their side. They weren't able to be successful. That's how he starts off his speech, which is an unbelievable thing. What's the understanding of it? Why does, why does Moshe Rabbeinu, why is it so important for him as to standing there on the threshold of Israel? Why is that the first thing that he stresses? Why is it the first thing that he speaks about? Another important thing that I want to do before we answer this question, before I give a little bit of an explanation that I saw, is that I want to give you a little bit of a parallel to Tisha B'Av so that we understand how it's going to apply, how it's going to tie in to Tisha B'Av. The, the parallel goes like this. What is special about the day of Tisha B'Av? We know that on Tisha B'Av it was the day that the first temple and the second temple were destroyed. Among other things, those are the two main things that happened that we're still crying about today. It was the day that they cried for those all generations. It was a day of mourning for us. It was a day of terrible tragedy. It was a day of disconnection from Hashem. You know, the temples, what did they represent? They represented this world connecting into the higher worlds. The temples, that was a place where we would bring sacrifices. The sacrifices were called karbonos. Korban, the root of that is karev, to come close, because the korbanos, the sacrifices, were something that brought us closer to God. They connected us to God. They taught us that if we did something wrong, we need to correct our ways, that we should, we really were the ones who deserved to die. The korbanos taught us that. And that was the essence of the temple. The temple was also a place where people would go, people who strove to have Ruach HaKodesh, to have divine inspiration. They would go, they would meditate near the temple. All of the prophets, they all received their prophecy at the temple of when they meditated on the Kruvim, on the, the angelic figures that were on top of the Ark. You know, this place, this temple was a place of intense, intense spiritual connection. That was what the temple was. And that's what we lost. And today, any kind of feeling that we have, that, that little feeling of spirituality, you come to the Kotel. The Kotel is the place, the remnant, the outside wall, the outside wall which was protecting the inside of the temple. So that wall is all that we have left from the original temple. It's been standing there, it's still there for 2,000 years. And we're waiting for, of course, the temple to be rebuilt. You, but you come to the temple, you come to Jerusalem, it's amazing. I was talking to somebody a few days ago, some uh, a taxi driver, and it's, it's a young taxi driver, probably in his mid-20s, maybe maybe late 20s, and he says to me, he's not religious, not religious at all, and he says whenever he goes to Jerusalem, he feels different, he can't leave, it's amazing, he says he drives someone to Jerusalem, he stays around, he says he drives around Jerusalem for, for the rest of the day, he says he goes to the hotel, he goes near, the, into the old city, there's something there, there's some, some attraction, there's something unbelievable, there's a 
spiritual. He's like, there's something spiritual there. You can't deny it. It's there. And it's not the first guy that's told me that. I've, 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 I've come in contact with other taxi drivers also who have mentioned when they come in there, you just feel different. There's something about it. If you're in tune, if you're spiritually in tune, you come into Yerushalayim, you come into Jerusalem, and, and it's unbelievable. There's a spiritual feeling that you have. You can't explain it. It's unexplainable. And that's without the Shekhinah being that. It's without the Divine Presence. Can we imagine what it's like when the Divine Presence is there? When the Divine Presence is there, it says in the Yalkut Shemoni, when the Divine Presence was amongst the, amongst the Jews in the Midbar, in the wilderness. So you didn't even have to open a bag to know what was inside the bag. You didn't have to open a box to know what was inside the box. You just knew. When the Shekhinah is there, everything is perfect. There's perfection. Shekhinah represents the unbelievable connection to God. It means that when, when you have Shekhinah, when you have connection to God, you're, you're rising above. You're rising above. You become something more than just a, an animal. You become something unbelievably spiritual. Of course, it's possible today to have a little bit of a sense of that, but it's it's incomparable to what, what it was like during the days of the Beis HaMikdash and the times of the Temple and what it will be like again in Yitzhak soon, God willing soon, when the Temple is rebuilt. We don't even realize what we're missing. We don't even realize. Tisha B'Av is the day. That was the day of this destruction. It was the day that we lost everything. We lost it all. We lost all that spirituality. We lost all that connection. But our sages tell us something very important about Tisha B'Av. They say, when, what is the day that Mashiach, the Redeemer, the Redeemer of the people of Israel, that final Redeemer who will redeem all mankind, not just the people of Israel, is going to come and He's going to take us out of our misery. He's going to take us, take us out of our physicality. He's going to raise us all up. All of mankind, all is one. We're all going to just want... We're all going to just want to come close to God. We're going to all have this desire for spirituality. We're, all, we're going to be running after spirituality. The way we today we run after money, we run after our, our physical desires. That's how we're going to be running after the desire to come close to Hashem to that, for that spiritual desire. But the Gemara says, when is he going to be born? Or what is his date of birth? That's the Gemara says. The Gemara says he was born or he will be born on Tisha B'Av. He's going to be born on the ninth day of Av, which is an unbelievable pella, unbelievable wonder. What's the understanding of it? How, how do we understand that? And the answer is that there's more to it than just the fact it may be true that he will physically be born on Tisha B'Av. May or may not be true, I'm not sure. Maybe simple, we, we can take it on the sur- surface level, but there's much more of a depth to it. And actually what, it, what I believe it means, and I've heard that it means, is that Tisha B'Av is a day that the birth the birth of Mashiach, the concept of Mashiach, the concept of the final redemption is only possible after Tisha B'Av. Only once Tisha B'Av has occurred, only once the temples have been destroyed, only once things have gone, they've disappeared, we've lost all we thought that we had. Because the truth is that what we, even what we had then, it was just a, it was nothing. It was nothing compared to what we're going to have in the future. It's interesting, the Ramchal, I read recently in the Ramchal, in Derech Hashem, in the daily Kabbalah lesson, the Ramchal says that there are four different periods of time. I'm not going to focus on all of them, but the just compare the two different periods of time. He said the set, the third t- period of time, the the third best from the bottom. One is the lowest. Third is the the second, the highest. The third period of time is when there was a temple. And during that time when there was a temple, so we had the Nevi'im, we had the prophecy, we had a connection to Hashem, but it was very difficult to come. It was very difficult to access. The fourth highest level, the fourth period of time that we're looking forward to, this time that we're waiting for, is the time of Mashiach. That time is when we'll have everyone, we'll have easy access to spirituality. Everyone, Hashem says, He's going to pour out His His spirituality, His divine His divine inspiration upon all of man. Every single person in the entire world will be a Ben Ruach HaKodesh, will be like a Navi, will be like a prophet, will have that connection to God. That's what we're waiting for. But that couldn't happen until we had that inspiration, we had that moment, we had that moment in time, that 400 years, or that 800 years that we were in the in in the land of Israel during the first temple and and we lost it 
we lost it because it wasn't all the way there. It wasn't where we were supposed to get to. Because sometimes we have to lose something in order to gain it back. And the truth is that that's why Tisha B'Av is the day of the birth of Mashiach. Because when we lost it, that's when it became possible for us to be able to regain it. There's a very interesting Gemara at the end of Makos. And in that Gemara, Rabbi Kiva looks at the place of the Beis Amikdash, and he's there along with his other friends. And his other friends are looking at it, and they see this fox walking on the Harabais on the Temple Mount. And they start crying, and Rabbi Kiva starts laughing. And they ask him, why are you laughing? And he says, because, you know, the verse is, there's one verse that says that the Beis HaMikdash will be destroyed. And there's another verse that says that it will be rebuilt. And he says, until I knew that the first verse would be fulfilled, that the, the Beis HaMikdash, the temple, would be destroyed, and there would be foxes walking on the Temple Mount, I didn't know that the second verse would be fulfilled. I didn't know that we would see that day, that ultimate day, that day that no one has, has, has seen it, really. No one can really access that time. No one knows how great and unbelievably awesome the connection to God will be. But he said when he saw that the first verse was fulfilled, he knew that the second verse also is going to be fulfilled, that the redemption one day indeed will come. Tisha B'Av is the day that we lost the Beis HaMikdash, but it's the day that the final Beis HaMikdash, the potential for that final Beis HaMikdash, the final redemption is possible. Now, the question is like this. So how is it possible? What do we have to think about? How can we access it? How can we link in? How can we bring it closer? How can we bring that day closer? And I think that the answer lies in the answer to the first question. The first question that we asked had to do with Moshe Rabbeinu. Here's Moshe Rabbeinu standing at the threshold of getting into the land of Israel. And in a certain sense, they're on the threshold of a certain type of redemption. They're about to, all of the people of Israel, about to walk into Israel. Unbelievable thing. They're about to walk into the land, and they're about to take it over, and they're about to fulfill their divine mission, their divine purpose. Unbelievable thing. Here they are standing there. And what does Moshe Rabbeinu tell them? You have to look back. You have, to take a, a, you have to take a history lesson. You have to look back at the mistakes that you made. You have to see, look, this is all the things that we did wrong. Look at the beginning. Because we need to understand what we made a mistake. Because if we want to be able to hold on to this redemption, we want to be able to hold on to this land of Israel. We have to look, look at ourselves with an objective eye. We have to say, look, 40 years ago we messed up. We could have come into Israel 40 years ago. Can you imagine the power if we would have come in straight after Har Sinai, right after Mount Sinai, receiving the Torah, coming right into Israel? What an incredible spiritual power we would have had. We would have had all of these miracles that accompanied us these 40 years. Perhaps they would have even accompanied us forever inside of the land of Israel. But no, we messed up. Right away, what did we do? We said, we don't want to be close to you, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moses, we want to be distanced from you. We, we're not interested in having direct access. We'd like to have other people, intermediaries. That was bad. That was really not good. And then what happened when we're talking about coming into Israel, we send out these spies and we listen to these spies who they, they said horrible reports about the land of Israel. We weren't interested in Israel. We lost it. We lost our chance. And then we tried again to come into Israel even though we didn't listen and it just didn't work. And you know what? You have to think about that before you come into Israel, before you come into the land of Israel. You've got to think. You've got to look back in the past and you have to say, these are the mistakes that we made. Now we have to correct them. We have to make sure that these things don't happen again. Same thing happens on Tisha B'Av. We're looking at a day. Tisha B'Av is the day. We're standing on a threshold. We're standing on the threshold of redemption. Can you imagine that? This year, Tisha B'Av, Tashin Sameches. It might be the last Tisha B'Av ever in history. Mashiach might be coming right now. We're standing on the threshold of redemption. What do we have to think about? What do we have to do? Take a look at the Kinnis. What do we say? We think about all of the past. We say, look at this tragedy that happened to the people of Israel. Look at this tragedy that happened to the people of Israel. Look at this thing that went wrong. In the article Kinnis, you'll find the you'll find a kinna, you'll find a sad a sad poem about the Holocaust. Look at this thing that happened wrong. Why do we talk about these things? What does that have to do with me? It happened fifty years ago, sixty years ago, the Holocaust. What about what does that have to do with what does that have to do with me? All of these tragedies happened four hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, two thousand what does that have to do with me?
And the answer is our Chazal tell us, our sages tell us, any generation that the base of Amigdash, the temple is not rebuilt in that generation, it's as if it was destroyed in that generation. And what that means is that we have an obligation, we have an ability. Every generation has the ability to bring Mashiach, to bring that final redemption. And we think to ourselves, how can we do it? Me? What am I? I'm nothing. I am insignificant. My mitzvah is meaningful to God? And the answer is yes. Because the farther we get away from the original temple, the farther we get away from, from previous times, the closer we get to the redemption, the greater the darkness is before the dawn. The greater the darkness is, the harder it is for us to do something right. The harder it is for do, us to do something right, the greater it is when we do something right. Our mitzvahs, our commandments, every single thing that we do is an unbelievable thing. And God looks at us and says, I am so, uh, when you dive in, you tried your hardest. Ah, you spaced out three quarters of the time, but you tried. doesn't matter. You tried. You tried to learn. You sat down at Dafyum, you fell asleep. So what? You tried. You went to that Dafyomi Shir. Not everyone does that. And the forces of evil are so strong now. And nevertheless, you're still trying. And you're not giving up. You can bring Mashiach. You can bring that final redemption, that, that unbelievable day that we're all waiting for. But you have to look back in the past. And that's what happens on Tishba. We, we have to sit down. We have to say to ourselves, look, this is the tragedy that befell us in that generation because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. This is the tragedy that befell us 60 years ago, the Holocaust, because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. And Hashem is showing us in each generation, we have to look at all of our mistakes. We have to learn from our mistakes. We have to turn ourselves around. We have to say, what's really important in life? What do we have to do to correct ourselves, to bring that final redemption? I want to wish you and me and all of us that we should all be able to see the mistakes that we've made, to correct those mistakes, to realize the importance and the power of every single commandment, every single mitzvah that we do, every single good deed that we do. And I want to bless me and you and all of us that we should be zoch, we should merit to see the final redemption speedily and in our days.